Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. This is week two of BAMS Radio. Uh, always great to be uh, with our Tide listeners, and we want to thank everyone for supporting the show, and it came back last week. I'm your host, Rudy Armin, and I'm here, of course, with my two compatriots, uh, Thomas uh, the Wizard Watts, who's going to be producing and also giving us a little bit of insight into Colorado State. Uh, he's usually our guy giving us uh, the opposing team scouting report. And, of course, uh, we're with my other amigo, former Alabama offensive lineman, 1992 national champion uh, from 89 to 1993. Also a big part of my show in Huntsville on Talking Ball, and that's William Redfish Barger. William, it's always great to be back with you tonight on BAMS Radio. How you doing? Doing good, Drew. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, first of all, uh, before we uh, go to Thomas and talk a little bit of Colorado State, uh, I want to get your observations kind of on what you saw from the Crimson Tide against Fresno they were a, you know a huge favorite in the game really 44 point favorite I think 43 and a half I, I had picked like 45 to 7 I didn't think they would cover and they did not uh, they win the game 41 to 10 uh, the backups giving up a late touchdown uh, but they were working on a lot of different things with so many injuries to the linebacker core and then uh, offensively I uh, of course now it's been well established I thought the offensive line uh, with the performance was so-so though Jalen Hurts uh, did an had an absolutely electric performance uh, with 154 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns, and I thought he threw the ball well. But I guess, first of all, just your overall impressions of the of the uh, performance by the Crimson Tide. Well, you know, first of all, Drew, I guess I've got to, you know, ding the Alabama fan base right out of the gate. Um, there's a lot of Alabama fans that are upset that Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher. Um, you know, versus the stable of four- and five-star running backs that Alabama has. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a, a classic case of, um, you know, Alabama doing a good job offensively of what the defense was giving them. Um, you know, if you want to know why Jalen Hurts rushed for so many yards, you know, when he drops back to pass and, you know, both the cornerbacks are lined up, you know, seven, eight, nine yards off the wide receivers, you know, to, to prevent the deep ball. And, and, you know, the inside linebackers bail out. Um, you know, do you really want somebody to throw a forward pass, you know, when you can gain 300 yards rushing without a little, you know, without much effort? And, you know, that's what you saw Saturday. Um, you know, I thought what I saw out of the Alabama offense was a very um, – mechanical, methodical performance. They took what the, the opposing defense gave them, number one. Number two, um, you know, I'm not getting paid $11 million a year to make this decision, but if I was, I would tell Jalen Hurts, look, if you drop back to pass, um, you know, after getting the shotgun snap seven yards deep in the backfield and the middle of the field between the hash marks opens up, please do run for as many yards as you possibly can. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen negatively if you do try and throw a forward pass. You know, the receiver can run the wrong at, wrong route. The quarterback can throw a bad pass. Um, it can get tipped. It can get deflected. Um, you know, I thought it was a great performance by the Alabama offense. You know, they rushed for over 300 yards. Um, you know, Thomas or Drew, y'all correct me. I think Jalen was, what, 14 of 18? Correct something like that, you know, very efficient. Um, he distributed the ball to eight different receivers. And, and when I say that, I'm including the running backs. Um, you know, I thought he made a, a great read uh, and disguised his intentions very well on the scene pass to Hell Hinches. Um, you know, threw accurate passes to the running backs on swing passes out of the backfield. Um, you know, really, if you look at the first half, of that game, you know, the only two drives where points weren't scored was 
you know, the slant pass that they threw to Ridley that Ridley bobbled and dropped. And then when they inserted two into the game, um, you know, those were the only two drives in the first half where points weren't scored. Um, you know, you've got a lot of people trying to, um, you know, talk about, you know, why didn't they work on the passing game more? It was a perfect opportunity you know, to work on the passing game more. Why do you want to work on the passing game, um, you know, when you can pick up those kind of yards offensively by running the ball between the tackles? Whether it's the quarterback or the running back or, you know, uh, jet sweeps, whatever. You know, the, the goal of a football coach is to, you know, figure out what the weakness of the defense is and take advantage of that. And I thought Alabama did a great job of that. You know, when you want to flip over to the other side of the ball, Drew, I think it was, you know, real obvious that a offensive guru in his own right, uh, Jeff Tedford, you know, had, had figured out what he wanted to do to try and attack uh, Alabama's defense, and that was to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly um, and have quick-hitting plays. And they had some success with that. Not a lot of points were generated. Um, and I think, you know, again, another thing that's, you know, kind of spun off of that, that Fresno State game is now you've got a lot of people questioning whether Alabama can generate a pass rush versus that type of offense. But, you know, I thought it was a great team win. You know, they had a chance to work on a lot of things. You know, when you factor in, you know, that Alabama was without Rashawn Evans, Anthony Jennings, uh, Terrell Lewis, and Christian Miller, you know, that that's kind of the the building block of their their third down protection, the, I mean, their, their third down uh, pass rush. Um, you know, I think that's something that's, you know, got to be passed to Jeremy Pruitt. He's going to have to do a better job of generating a pass rush with the guys that he's got on hand before, you know, Evans, Jennings, Miller, and Lewis can all come back fully healthy. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a great win. I don't understand why there's so much uh, complaints out there by the Alabama fan base. But, you know, Thomas Drew, I'm, I'm kind of uh, checked out, as, you know, so to speak, just trying to figure out why the Alabama fan base complains as much as they do anyway. Well, and uh, just uh, from my standpoint, I would give the offense a, probably a, a B grade. And the reason I wouldn't give them an A is because, I felt like they left some points out there. Uh, they uh, in the red zone, they got they got stymied on a couple of short yardage uh, situations, and then uh, I felt like too the pass protection a couple times was a little bit shoddy by the offensive line. Uh, you know, I but they still did find a way to score 41 points, and I did like the fact that Tua got involved, and uh, and then you were able to see Henry Ruggs the third, and some of these young players, and Najee Harris I thought was really good uh, in the second half, kind of closing the game out. Uh, but I just felt like overall, and I thought Jalen was tremendous. I, I really don't. It does to me. I know he's. I always. I don't, I've already figured it out. He's not going to be a guy that's going to throw for 300 yards, and I'm fine with that. What these Alabama fans have to understand is he may get 300 all-purpose yards because uh, you know I still don't think they're going to run him 190 times like they did last year. But it's obvious, you know, running him eight to ten times a game is going to be part of the uh, game plan, and it should be because. He's such an electric runner. It's his strength, and it really seems to get him rolling. And I thought in uh, the, the, the old adage of, well, the, the offense doesn't look different than it did under Lane Kiffin, I disagree with that. I thought I really liked the uh, short intermediate passing game design and what you talked about uh, the, uh, the, uh, with the Jalen looking off the, uh, the uh, you know, and going to the read to hail Hinges. I thought that was a, a great uh, play design to get Hinges the ball. He was wide open. Uh, and it really gives the opposing defenses something to think about. It. They also got Irv Smith the football. I just, I, uh, a lot of people were complaining about vertical passes, and I think that's going to come. But I really like that short intermediate passing game, and I just think what they need to work on right now is the is the offensive line. Obviously, Matt Womack was SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week, uh, but I still think there's some questions about the long-term viability of Lester Cotton at right guard. What are your thoughts? No, Drew, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, I think the, the, the best evidence that I can provide to back that up is, you know, if Nick Saban, you know, again, I think Alabama fans, you know, seem, at least some of them seem to be real confused 
as to what Nick Saban's M.O. is as far as winning a football game. Um, and I think a lot of them felt like they were going to see some sort of aerial assault Saturday versus Fresno State. And, you know, because of the way they chose to try and defend Alabama, it didn't really lend itself that way for it to work out. But what you saw was, um, you know, multiple running backs uh, getting passes thrown to them out of the backfield. You saw, you know, the, the, obviously the touchdown to Hell Hinches, the passes to Irv Smith. But you saw eight different what I would call receivers, whether they're wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs, you know, get the ball distributed to them. Um, and, again, you know, I think what you've seen this week speaks volumes as to what Nick Saban feels like the problem is offensively. You know, there isn't an open tryout at the quarterback situation. There's no uh, – first-team reps being split between Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua Tagliavoa and Mac Jones, where the first-team reps are being split right now is multiple combinations at right guard, right tackle. You know, this week in practice, you've seen uh, Lester Cotton, you've seen Josh Kasher, you've seen Matt Womack all work at right guard. You've seen Matt Womack, Jedrick Wills, and Scott Lashley all get first-team reps at right tackle. So I think Nick Saban kind of has a pretty good understanding and a pretty good feel of where he thinks his team needs to improve offensively. And you're seeing that, um, you know, in practice, you know, with the, the open tryouts is what I like to call it, at right guard and right tackle. Now, Who's going to start at right guard and right tackle Saturday night versus Colorado State? And who's going to see the majority of the reps? You know, I think all of us as fans are going to have to sit back and wait and see how that plays out. And what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, someone asked me uh, after the first week what how I thought the right side would play out. And I had uh, Jedrick Wills and Josh Kasher eventually winning the right tackle and right guard spots. But – Obviously, uh, Matt Womack has done some good things, and Nick Saban spoke highly of him this week. And them taking a look at him at right guard makes me think he's one of the you know best five, according to Nick Saban. But I still thought it was interesting that Casher got some reps with the ones this past Saturday. And obviously, Jedrick Wills made another cameo. And really, on a few of those plays, especially that drive near the end of the first half, really, as you, I, I'll use your term, mauled some people. Well, you know, it's not just that he mauled some people. You know, the thing that really stood out to me was, number one, for for a guy that's a true freshman um, on a, you know, pretty good college football team, you know, the body control that he has, um, you know, everything that he does looks fluid, looks effortless. Um, You know, when when he, you know, is in space, um, he's got total control of his body when he engages a blocker, or excuse me, a defender. Um, he strikes them and has some explosion. Look, there's no doubt if he had been able to be an early enrollee, I think he would have been at a bare minimum what you saw out of Jonah Williams last year. Um, maybe even a little bit better because he's more of a, Mauler type than a technician. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, they're looking at Matt Womack at right guard with some combinations of, of Jedrick Wills at right tackle, you know, I kind of like that combination um, because, you know, Womack is a mauler. Um, Jedrick Wills is probably the more athletic guy, so it makes sense to put him outside at right tackle. Um, but I think this is going to be an ongoing thing, Drew. And I think if you look at the schedule that Nick Saban has in front of him, you know, you know they might get a test um, as a team um, from Shea Patterson and those wide receivers at Old Miss in a couple of weeks. But really and truly, um, if you know, we're, we're being totally honest here, there's not another team on that schedule that can really match up on paper athlete for athlete with Alabama until LSU comes to town early in November. So, you know, I 
think Nick Saban is in a very envious position um, where he has a, you know, an opportunity to experiment on both sides of the football and kind of have an open try. You know, you saw where, you know, Diggs kind of opened the Florida State game at corner. You know, Levi Wallace kind of took that over, and I expect that to continue. Uh, but you've got that opportunity at multiple positions, especially with, you know, the injuries to, you know, Evans, uh, Jennings, Miller, and Lewis. Um, you know, guys like Keith Holcomb and Mac Wilson, Dylan Moses. Uh, you know, Chris Allen got a lot of reps last weekend versus Fresno State. Um, I think they're in a very envious position versus other college football programs where, you know, They've got a whole month of September and maybe three weeks out of four in, in October, you know, to experiment and plug and play with different guys. And that's just something that's not really the norm in college football. Yeah, and uh, defensively, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, they, they had a lot of linebackers out, as all as we know. Christian Miller and uh, and Terrell Lewis will be out for the season. I know there's been some talk that they could return maybe for the postseason to for the SEC championship game or the college football playoff. But I would think Lewis will be redshirted, even though they know they'll lose him eventually early to the NFL draft. Uh, Miller, you know, I wouldn't count on it. I'm not sure what kind of football shape he'll be in, but you never know. But uh, more than likely, they're going to be without those two guys. And then, Anthony Jennings did not dress, neither did Rashawn Evans. I don't anticipate either one of them dressing for Vanderbilt. So we saw Alabama come out in a lot of nickel uh, on Saturday. Jamie Mosley got his first extensive action. He didn't make a ton of plays, but I thought he was solid overall. But I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I, and the reason I, I give him a B is, I, you know, they, didn't, they, they weren't able to rush the passer really well. Johnny Dwight got the only sack, but you made a great point. Jeff Tedford had a lot to do with that because of getting rid of the ball quickly and uh, his receivers ran precise routes. I thought he had a really good plan. Uh, but I, And then I thought at times Alabama didn't stop the run as well as, as they should have. But overall, when you look at the stat line, it was really similar to Florida State. Uh, they they did give up the late TD. So they performed pretty well at times. Uh, and I think the first string secondary is really starting to come into its own with Levi Wallace. But I, I, I th- it's gonna, I'm going to be really interested, William, to see what they do when they start getting some of these pieces back. Uh, you know, I talked to Phil Savage on Sunday. I had a chance to have about a 30-minute conversation with him, and he had an interesting thought. He he said that the offensive line for we are who we which we, we've already talked about in detail. He felt like it would be a solid unit, but not 2012 good. And I think we both agree with that. And then defensively, he feels like when Rashawn Evans comes back, that he's going to go to the Sam spot and be on the field a lot while they play nickel because. He knows all the linebacker positions so well, and he can play just about any of them. Your thoughts on, you know, the defensive performance, and then really uh, Rashawn Evans when he comes back, perhaps being on the field in that uh, in that Sam role in the nickel. Well, you know, first of all, I mean, I, I guess you know I probably should have shared this, um, you know, in our Facebook group. I've gotten a different medical report, I guess, than you have. Um, there, there's, there's some speculation out there, and I'm not going to, you know, give a, a time frame on, on any of it. But there is some speculation out there that Terrell Lewis could be back possibly by the first week of November. And depending on the rehab, and, and you know, I want people to understand what I'm fixing to say about Christian Miller's injury. It is a, a, you know, kind of a, I mean, excuse me, uh, Terrell Lewis is, is different. I'm talking about Christian Miller now. Um, that's a detached bicep. Um, th- there was no body weight. Um, you know, that, that's an upper body injury. It's not like he's got a, you know, a torn ACL or a, a hamstring or anything like that. But I, I've been told just today that, Terrell Lewis and Christian Miller could both be back uh, by December 1st. Uh, now, when, when you look at how those both of those injuries were reported when they first happened, yeah, they were gone for the year, the regular season year. Uh, but I've been told that both of those guys could be back and be 100% if 
both of their rehabs go perfectly. And, you know, you can't gauge how that's going to happen. You know, there could be setbacks for one, both, or all. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if Alabama does, you know, get to where they're expected to be, um, you know, in December for the SEC championship game, um, I don't know if one or both of those guys could be back for that. But from what I was told today, um, if Alabama does go through the regular season, get the invite to Atlanta for the SEC championship game, I was told that both of those guys could be available for the college football playoff. And then uh, with Rashawn, he's such a versatile guy. We've seen him play Jack. He's a rest the pastor. He's been cross-trained to be an inside linebacker. And Phil Savage's rationale was that Alabama was so deep at inside backer, and we've seen that. Uh, I think, you know, for the, first, for the first two weeks, Sean Dion Hamilton has played at a very high level. I really liked what I've seen out of Keith Holcomb. He's been solid. And Mac Wilson really seems to be getting comfortable as well, William. We even saw a little bit uh, of, of uh, Joshua McMillan uh, in the wrap-up. But right now, they seem to have some pretty quality depth at inside backer. It would make some sense, don't you think, to move Rashawn to nickel and get him on the field more? Well, you know, I, I think the big question there, Drew, is, is when is the right time to bring Rashawn back? You know, if, if I was Nick Saban, and I'm not, you know, nobody's paying me $11 million to make the call. Right. Um, if, if his rehab goes positively, um, you know, maybe you insert him, you know, in critical situations um, versus Vanderbilt, you know, next week. Um, and, and possibly get him on a, a on a rep count where he comes back full speed for Old Miss. Um, but yeah, certainly he's a guy, you know, a very dynamic guy. Can play inside linebacker, can line up on the edge and rush. Uh, can do a lot of damage from his in, inside linebacker spot, you know, on delayed blitzes. I think you know getting him back would certainly add some. Uh, quick, t- uh, quick twitch, explosive behavior to this defense. Um, I don't expect to see him this weekend, obviously, and I really hope I don't see him uh, versus Vanderbilt. You know, just keep him on the shelf till Old Miss. Um, you know, Jennings will probably be ready uh, to come back, from what I've been told. Um, you know, by the Old Miss game, and then those other two guys, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, you know, how the rehab goes, talking about uh, Christian Miller and, and Terrell Lewis. But, no, getting Rashawn Evans back would be a huge, huge uh, bonus to Jeremy Pruitt and, and, you know, this 2017 defense. You know, he's a guy that's, you know, I, I thought he, tur- he turned himself into a proven commodity, you know, two years ago versus Clemson, um, you know, when he was asked to uh, shadow Sean Watson. Um, he's, he's a great football player. You know, obviously he's a senior. You know, this is his money year where he's got a chance to impress pro scouts. Uh, but, you know, that was really – and it wasn't unexpected to me. I, you know, let, let's not forget, in 2012, um, you know, after Alabama completely annihilated Michigan in the season opener, um, you know, a lot of Alabama fans got confused and upset and pissed off about the fact that, you know, they struggled either the next week or the week after when they played Western Kentucky. I think, you know, D.J. Fluker gave up four or five sacks to a Western Kentucky defensive end. Um, you know, after that, you know, it, it, there's no, you know, th- there's no doubt that it's tough to get you know, these teams up on a week-to-week basis on who they're playing. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, last week versus Fresno, um, you know, where the, 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 the ball was kind of dropped a little bit, and you saw Jeremy Pruitt being very animated on the sideline, you know, trying to get guys like Raekwon Davis and Deron Payne fired up and getting them more uh, motivated, you know, they – they just didn't play with a lot of passion versus Fresno State. And, you know, they got a kind of a similar offense coming in this weekend with Colorado State. But, you know, I think, you know, the ultimate goal is to 
you know, work on the things that you're not really good at right now, uh, you know, versus a Fresno State, a Colorado State, even, you know, next week versus Vanderbilt. And, you know, you've got a quarterback in Shea Patterson, you know, at Ole Miss that, you know, kind of falls in line with the last three quarterbacks they've had um, that can cause problems for this Alabama defense. That's, I think, when you want to have Rashawn Evans and Jennings ready. Um, and let's see what happens, um, you know, versus Ole Miss. Yeah, agreed. And then before we let Thomas come in with a little bit of a scouting look at uh, Colorado State, special teams-wise, I've given, I've given the offense and the defense, uh, you know, both uh, a B, a pretty solid performance. But uh, special teams-wise, I would probably give it a B-plus to an A-minus. The one uh, mistake was the late kickoff return that uh, uh, gave the field position to Fresno State and enabling them to score. But uh, Papanastos was able to convert two short field goals, and the bottom line is he made the kicks. Uh, we saw a pretty good job of returning from Trevon Diggs. Uh, and until that uh, late kickoff return, I thought the coverage was pretty solid. Uh, you know, uh, what, do you, what are your – and then, of course, J.K. Scott uh, averaging about 42 yards per punt. I thought he did a really good job of keeping him pinned deep. But the one thing that I would like to see, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, while Diggs has been solid at punt returner, do you think we may finally see Ruggs get a shot and he could maybe uh, add some more explosiveness to the special teams unit? Well, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and, you know, I don't know how Nick Saban makes this decision. Um, you know, certainly he hasn't consulted me on this. But at the same time, um, after seeing Ruggs, um, you know, catching some passes and, and, and realizing just how uh, quick twitch and, and game-changing speed that he has, you know, the, the one thing that I would change, especially would look at it this weekend versus Colorado State, is, and I understand, you know, Diggs is the guy that they had last year doing this this work, and, you know, how do you get a, a true freshman in there and trust him? But I would like to see less Travon Diggs, more Henry Ruggs as the punt returner. Um, you know, I think that's a no-brainer, especially if you can trust him, you know, to, to fair catch and, and make those catches and, you know, not let his head. Um, you know, that guy's got game-changing speed. And I would like to see, you know, more of Henry Ruggs, that punt returner. And I would also like to see uh, more touches for him, um, you know, in the passing game. Um, for for Alabama this weekend versus Colorado State, man, that guy, wow! I mean, it, it's been a long time since I've seen somebody, um, you know, that's got that kind of quick twitch ability. And I, you know, and I think as we go forward, you know, you have to kind of look at this deal, <clears throat> um, especially when you start talking about you know bringing recruiting into full focus. You know, you've got Jerry Judy. Number, you know, some people had him as the number one wide receiver in the country last year. You've got Henry Ruggs. Some people felt like he was the number one slot wide receiver in the country last year. You've got Devonta Smith, who some people had as a five-star wide receiver last year. And then, you know, now you've got a situation where a lot of people are starting to think that the – uh, slot wide receiver out of Texas, Jalen Waddle, is kind of a trending player to Alabama. And if that was to happen, wow. I mean, that's that's a huge amount of talent at the wide receiver spot to go along with uh, Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson at running back. And, you know, I think what you've seen, Drew, this week with Nick Saban is, um, you know, he feels like offensively to get this, you know, point-scoring dynamic going on offense, he feels like it's the right side of the offensive line. Now, I personally think you could throw in the left guard there um, as, as to what might need to be upgraded. 
But the fact that you've seen all these different combinations this week in practice, you know, Josh Kasher at right guard and, and Matt Womack at right tackle, uh, Matt Womack at right guard, Kendrick, uh, Jedrick Wills at right tackle, uh, you know, Scott Lashley's gotten some looks there. Um, certainly Lester Cotton's involved. But, you know, I, I think that right guard, right tackle spot, and you might see this continue for, you know, the next month until LSU comes to town. I think what you're looking at right now on the offensive side of the football is an open tryout at right guard and right tackle. And it may very well be, and we'll we'll see where that goes. And Jedrick Wills is very intriguing uh, to a lot of people. Now we're going to bring uh, Thomas Watts into the conversation, and he's going to let our listeners know about what to expect from Colorado State, who – Talking to Phil Savage, uh, he had not watched a lot of film of Colorado State yet, but he did say under Mike Bobo, Will Friend, former Alabama offensive lineman who coaches their offensive line, coordinates their offense, that this is a better team uh, than Fresno State, no question, with a very talented quarterback, Thomas. It it certainly is. Uh, I think the line for this game, which I've seen floating around three to four touchdowns, depending on how it's trended or what your sports book is, is pretty close to – where it should be one of the things when you look at Colorado State is defense kind of comes optional with these guys you know hit you with some quick numbers Colorado State ranks 77th in total defense and they are 54th in rush defense so it's not like you're talking about this powerhouse Colorado State group that's going to come in and shut down Alabama's very prolific offense uh, piggybacking off of what Redfish, you, both you, Andrew, said, uh, I w- I'll be interested to see how this defense is attacked by Alabama. I-, I don't understand much like neither of you did with fans being upset with this. When a DB is eight yards off your wide receivers, you do two things. You snap the well, three things. You snap the ball, you catch the ball, you throw the ball. You don't do anything else because you're guaranteed a five-yard gain, if not a big gainer. So that's, you know, having now put that on film, what does Colorado State do? It remains an open question, but this defense is just not fantastic from a yardage perspective. The, The real headliner, the thing that fans are going to be interested in seeing is Nick Stevens, the Colorado State quarterback. You will hear this stat. You will hear this bandied about multiple times. Nick Stevens currently leads the football ball subdivision, FBS, in total yards. He is averaged over 300 yards a game. He's also played three games because Colorado State opened the season with Oregon State during what was week zero. So that's going to be a very interesting thing because the secondary has looked solid, but Alabama has had some issues generating an organic pass rush with just four. They're going to have plenty of opportunities to do it this go-around, and I expect Colorado State to have some success. I mean, they're not going to completely shut them down. You know, Colorado did hold Colorado State to three points, but even then Nick Stevens had almost 300 yards passing. So, you know, brief scouting report on Colorado State, and, you know, to bring William back into the conversation, because I just soliloquied for a bit, and thank you for putting up with my insane <laughs> ramblings. But, uh, you know, when you look at this game, William, is it, it, do you think it, even though Colorado State is better than Fresno State, because you know, let's, let's be honest, Fresno State defense comes optional with them, too. It, do, this is just, do you see this as just another experiment, plug and play game? I know you had said earlier that he can't, Nick Saban's in an enviable position because of how the schedule sets up. But you just see more experimentation a la what we saw with Fresno State as you look at this team in, in its entirety? Well, you know, Thomas, the way I look at it is, you know, they're going to get out there Saturday night and, you know, they're going to see how, you know, Colorado's defense plays Alabama's offense, Colorado State, I mean. And you're going to see how, you know, the offense chooses to attack Alabama's defense. And I expect them to do it the same way that Jeff Tepper did it, you know, 
quick pass to, you know, get people in space, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, from a defense perspective, I think what you want to see is, you know, you know, we're still kind of in limbo about whether or not Dylan Moses is going to be available for this game. You know, the injury is kind of a mystery. I've kind of been told that it's concussion. So, you know, he might be on concussion protocol and he might not be available if that isn't, in fact, what the injury is. But, you know, you saw against Fresno State, um, you know, what the the life is, you know, outside of having a Christian Miller and a Terrell Lewis, you know, being involved with the rabbit package. But I, I think what you're going to see from an offensive standpoint, and, and that you know, that that's what I want to see from Brian Dayball and Nick Saban as this offense continues to grow, um, you know, from an organic standpoint. You know, whether it's, you know, Matt Womack at right guard and Jedrick Grills at right tackle, to be honest with you, I would like to see that lineup for several series myself. Um, because I think Matt Womack might be a, a better mauler at guard and, and, and Wills might be the more athletic guy to put out there on the edge. Um, you know, we're going to see a chess match, you know, Mike Bobo versus Nick Saban. And, you know, I know who the winner of that matchup is going to be right now, you know, Thursday night. Um, but, you know, what, what really confuses me about what, you know, Alabama fans want to see is, um, you know, throw the ball all over the place. You know, let's see, you know, Jalen Hurts complete these, you know, uh, 10 to 20-yard passes over the middle. Why would you want to do that if you don't have to? You know, if the Fresno State defense is giving you um, a gimme, you know, 10 to 20-yard pickup by your quarterback over the middle, take that. You know, there's a lot of bad things that can happen, whether you have Tom Brady um, or Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. You know, you don't take that chance unless you have to, especially if the opposing defense is giving it to you in spades. And that's what you saw Saturday. Um, don't don't get me wrong. I'd love to see, you know, Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough, not you know, all running up and down the field um, Saturday night in Brighton Denny Stadium. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is capable of, you know, picking those yards up for you. Why do you complain? Um, so we'll see how, you know, Colorado State decides to defend Alabama versus, uh, you know, what I think needs to happen and what I see out of this team that really needs to happen is you've lost – at least for the regular season, you've lost Terrell Lewis and you've lost Christian Miller. You've got to develop a pass rush. And even going back to Florida State when they had Miller and Terrell Lewis, you know, you didn't really see a consistent pass rush out of Isaiah Bugs outside of the one sack by Raekwon Davis. Well, what I think you need to see happen in this game Saturday is from Jeremy Pruitt. You've got to find some guys, whether they're defensive tackle or defensive end, that can generate an organic pass rush, Thomas, without him having to dial up blitzes. Because, you know, versus teams like Fresno State, Colorado State, next week versus Vanderbilt, and probably even versus Old Miss, you can get away with that stuff. But, you know, when it comes, you know, the first couple of weeks of November and LSU comes to town, you better have a proven commodity to put some pass rush heat on that LSU team. Well, you're certainly right there. And, uh, you know, one thing you didn't uh, – I. I'm not sure y'all really covered it when you were talking about Fresno State. You mentioned how they attacked Alabama's defense getting guys in space and how with Colorado State's passing attack, they're probably going to look to do much of the same. 
did you uh, did you see like as many missed tackles out of this Alabama defense? I thought Alabama did not have a great day tackling. And do you think that's going to be a point of emphasis for the team going into this week, where I think they are going to see much the same that they saw against Fresno State? No, I did. I mean, you know, not only did I, you know, this is what I saw, you know, from a Fresno State standpoint Saturday was, you know, they trotted Dylan Moses and Chris Allen out there. And, you know, did they put some heat on the quarterbacks? Yes, they did. Um is it is it fair to criticize them because both guys are true freshmen? Excuse me, no. But where I think the the weak link is, you know, you're not getting the push, you know, in the middle of the pocket from Deron Payne and Isaiah Bucks. You know, a, a, a true pass rush, Thomas, is consisted of two products. You have two guys in the middle, you know, in a 4-2 look. Um, let's just call it Deron Payne and Isaiah Bugs that get the that, that push the pocket from the inside. And then you have two guys from the outside that condense that pocket down. And what you want to have in a perfect storm is, you know, those two guys screaming off the edge that force the quarterback to step up. And then you've got those two inside guys that don't allow the depth of that inside pocket to expand. You know, they, they, they're able to uh, converge on the quarterback. And, you know, I didn't really see it that much versus uh, Florida State. I, I, you know, you take away uh, Terrell Lewis and Kristen Miller, you know, I certainly didn't see it versus Fresno State. But what I would like to see out of this, you know, reconfigured Alabama defense versus Colorado State is, you know, that, that principle. Um, you, you bring two guys off the edge, you force the quarterback to step up, and when he does step up two steps, you've got two defensive tackles there in, in Deron Payne and Isaiah Bugs that can, you know, take the quarterback down. Well, and, and William, I was going to ask you your opinion uh, on what we've seen thus far from Isaiah Bugs. Uh, I know it took about, you know, till the Florida game of 2014 before we saw Jaron Reed really start to assert himself and help take this defense or and the, and the defense that year to the next level and uh, enable them to reach the college football playoff and be ranked number one in the country. Are you do we are we going to see the same development you think from Bugs or or who is it that you think on that defensive line? You know, I thought Raekwon played pretty well last week. He had eight tackles. I thought he was really active. But who is it? Uh, you know, are, are we going to see Deshaun Hand assert himself as a senior in your mind? Who's the guy to watch that you think is going to come on in the next few weeks? Well, you know, I, I, you already mentioned it. I, you know, I think that. Uh, Raekwon Davis is a guy that, you know, being great, um, you know, this is a, a second-year player that we're talking about, but I think Raekwon Davis, it's important to him to be great. You know, he, he does everything well in practice. You know, you, you've heard Coach Saban talk about him and, and, and compliment him on, on this point, you know, that it's important for him to be great. And, you know, for a guy like Raekwon, you know, I think that speaks volumes. Um, you know, what, how they've had this, you know, front four rabbit patches configured, um, you know, it's been Raekwon and, 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 you know, either Payne or Hand, um, you know, both those defensive tackle spots. And, you know, after losing, you know, Lewis and, and Miller, uh, they've had to, re, you know, redo some stuff. And, you know, uh, a guy like Chris Allen, um, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, ready to play. He's, he's SEC ready to play, but how productive can he be? Um, he wasn't real productive last week. Um, you know, Dylan Moses, the same thing. You know, Drew, you may have heard something different than I have. Um, I was told he's got a concussion, so he's on, you know, concussion protocol. Um, 
Notre Dame versus Colorado State. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it, it all sounds like speculation and bitching and moaning, which I really don't like to be a part of. But I know this. Chris Allen's going to be a great football player one day. Is he there? Is he ready to be that guy right now? I don't know. Uh, if Dylan Moses is available Saturday, is he ready to be a great football player right now? I'll say this. I think he's more ready than Chris Allen. Um, but where I think the, the leadership of that defense has to come from, especially along the defensive line, it's got to come from Deron Payne and Raekwon Davis. Yeah, I agree. I think both those guys have got to step up. I think Payne has been playing at a high level the first couple of weeks. Uh, but now with all these injuries, he's probably going to be a three-down guy. They're going to look to him, as you said, to start collapsing the pocket and give some pass rush. He'll get doubled a lot, which should help Raekwon. It should help Isaiah Bugs. Uh, and I know uh, you mentioned what Coach Pruitt did in the first half uh, last week after they gave up the field goal. He really was irate because they had a couple of mental errors. Uh, you know, the first by uh, they had him in third and long, and then we saw Deshaun Hand, uh, you know, get a 12-man on the field penalty, uh, and then Bugs uh, line up off sides and give him a first down, which led to the points. And so uh, they could have very easily almost been shut out, if not for uh, two or three plays there by the Alabama defense as far as Fresno State. So I know it's the little things with Coach Pruitt. Uh, I think the intensity is going to be ramped up for Colorado State. I think they felt like they were a little flat last week. And as you said, William, much like you talked about it being a, a – a, uh, a kind of a uh, open tryout for the right side of the offensive line, uh, especially this week. There's probably going to be a lot of young guys again playing defensively, and if someone can come in there and provide a spark with a pass rush, uh, then I think there's no question uh, that they're going to get more playing time. Uh, you know, Johnny Dwight uh, got a sack last week. He, I don't think you'll see a lot of snaps, but he'll play. I think Jamar King will as well. Uh, they're going to continue to work guys in there, but they need the guys uh, that they've been counting on that it was, were the standouts in fall camp, such as Bugs and Raekwon uh, and, and Deshaun Hand. Deshaun Hand is a senior, really needs to start stepping it up and making plays because uh, they're going to need him because he has the ability to rush the passer and affect the quarterback as well. So, and But I'm but I'm also extremely excited to see some of these young linebackers, as you, as you mentioned, Chris Allen. He got a lot of snaps last week, and, Coach Saban had mentioned before the injuries they they had thought even about redshirting him, uh, so we'll see. Uh, and uh, but but then he said that's out the door. So and as you said, even though he may miss the game if he has a concussion, because I don't think he's practiced this week. Uh, and that is Dylan Moses. So we'll see what Dylan does uh, if he gets more time. Another couple of guys I was going to ask you about, William, because they haven't played yet. Do you think that we'll see LeBron Ray or Fedarian Mathis on Saturday? And if not. I still think there's a, uh, you know, maybe a 50 to 60 percent chance that both those guys redshirt, depending on if some of these other guys step up. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, that that, that sack that Raekwon Davis had versus Florida State, um, you know, you can't dial that up any more perfect than than how it turned out. I mean, dude, that was raw. You know, when you, when you talk about you know, the fact that he was shot, you know, five days uh, before that and that explosive play that he had versus Florida State. And then, you know, you, you, you fast forward the, the, the game film to the next week and, you know, you didn't really see a lot of explore, uh, explosive plays out of Raekwon. Um, you know, I, I, I think what's going on right now is, you know, Nick Saban and Jeremy Pruitt's kind of weeding their ways through, uh, you know, this defense. Um, you know, they've got those guys back there on the back end, you know, Averitt, Minka, Tony Brown, um, all those guys. You know, they got, you know, with all the injuries to, uh, you know, the starters, you know, Holcomb, Mac Wilson, um, you know, they got those guys. But, you know, that, that front that front needs to say, you know, kind of stay the same. And, you know, it's Raekwon Davis, Deron Payne, um, Johnny uh, Dwight, uh, Josh Frazier, you know, those guys. 
you know, I just think that's where I would want to see the most improvement in the team from Florida State to Fresno State to Colorado State. You know, that's where I want to see the improvement of the team. And, you know, you know, versus uh, uh, Fresno State, they really didn't have an opportunity to express that because, you know, the quarterback got his ball out of his hand so quickly and, you know, got got the ball to guys in space. Um, but, you know, that's where I want to see the improvement in this team. You know, it's not on the offensive side of the football. It's with those guys in the front seven that don't have those five-star players available right now. Uh, you know, Christian Miller, Terrell Lewis, Rashawn Evans, and, you know, they're subbing in. Uh, Mac Wilson, Keith Holcomb, you know, along with, you know, Sean Dillon Hamilton. That, that's where I want to see the most improvement from week two to week three is with those guys. And then to wrap up our uh, BAMS radio here, the last couple of thoughts. Uh, you know, Alabama's about a 28-29 point favorite. I think that they're going to just cover in this game. I like Alabama along the lines of around uh, 40 to 10 in the ball game. I think uh, they're going to score some points. I think Colorado State's got some deficiencies on defense. And I think uh, defensively, I think uh, Colorado State will move the football. But I think Alabama will find a way uh, to make some plays, perhaps force a turnover or two. 40 to 10 is my pick. What are your thoughts, William? You know, I can see that, Drew. Um, You know, I I think it all goes back to, you know, how, how Coach Saban wants to, you know, play this out. Um, you know, a lot of people want to see uh, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, distribute the ball to seven or eight wide receivers, which he did versus Fresno State. Um, you know, you got on the other side of the ball, um, you know, a front seven that's kind of in disarray, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's a good problem to have versus a team like Colorado State. They really don't have to have their act together, um, well, I really don't even know if they have to have their together versus Vanderbilt, Old Miss, or Arkansas. They can probably get by with that. But I think what, what I would like to see Saturday versus Colorado State is the next wave of, you know, front seven guys on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you know obviously, you know, Daron Payne, he's gone. Uh, Terrell Lewis, when he comes back from his injury, he's got one more year left. Let's see the next wave of guys in that front seven um, that are, you know, defensive tackles, edge rushers. Let's see what they can do, Um, especially with the linebackers that they've got behind them. Um, You know, what they can do to, you know, kind of corral a, uh, you know, pass-happy offense you're going to see from Colorado State. Um, you know, you know, Drew, if you're asking me what I think the total score is going to be, um, you know, I really don't know. But what I want to see out of um, the team is establish the run. Um, you know, let's see some, you know, tight end scene passes like we saw with Ellis Finches last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, big routes from the wide receivers where Ridley comes back to the ball, catches an accurate pass. Um, you know, what I want to see is, um, you know, that team taking the next step because I think they've got a very uh, favorable schedule for the next two months, you know, actually, until LSU comes to town in, in November where they can – you know, work on offensive linemen groups, uh, you know, the receivers, all that other stuff. Uh, let's see what they can, you know, work up. And, you know, be a, be a good Alabama fan. And, and don't, you know, don't call into, you know, Drew's radio show and bitch about Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, don't call into, you know, Drew's radio show and bitch about the defense. Listen. You're in the middle of the damnedest dynasty of college football that's ever been seen. 
And if you're an Alabama fan, why are you complaining? Why? Yeah, I mean uh, that it's it, it, yeah you you make some valid points because there's a lot of young talent on the field. This is as young a team as they've had in a while, and they should. The fun part is going to be continuing to watch them get better. And the final thought, William, I think Alabama's fixing to pick up uh, their 11th commitment to this class this weekend. Now that uh, Hurricanes Harvey and Irma have, uh, you know, have uh, you know, where they did ravage the United States and Florida and Texas, but those communities are now recovering, and it looks like. Uh, you know, Big Vernon Jackson is going to commit at his pep rally this Friday uh, to Alabama from Bowling, Texas. He reminds me a lot of Dante Hightower on film. He's been completely underrated because he didn't go to a lot of camps, but I know he was very impressive to Alabama staff. Your thoughts on the likely addition of Vernon Jackson? Well, you know, I mean, is he uh, Justin Fowler at running back, or is he Dante Hightower at linebacker? Interesting, um, yeah. You know, whether whatever one of those two combinations that he is, great pickup. Um, you know, I, I think it speaks volumes that Alabama can still go to Texas and, you know, get a player like that. Um, you know, get him, bring him on campus, and let Nick Saban find the best place to put him as a player. You know, Drew, we've talked about this a hundred times. You know, there's so many players on that team that, you know, came to Alabama as wide receivers, uh, you know, offensive guys. Anthony Averett, I think, is the best example. Yeah. Um, you know, came to Alabama as a playmaker on offense. He was a high school quarterback. He's now one of the, you know, top five, you know, corners in college football. Make of Fitzpatrick, you know, all those guys. Um, but, you know, it, if you're asking me who Vernon Jackson is going to pick Saturday, he's picking Alabama. But I think the, the better question is where is he going to fill in at at Alabama? And, and I agree with Nick Saban's evaluation. Um, he's a Dante Hightower linebacker. Yeah, I, I do too. He's an inside backer, and I think he could be another great one for Alabama. He's about 6'3", 240 pounds, runs in the four six five range, and uh, he's a Wildcat quarterback in high school, but is someone with a lot of potential. But, William, we always appreciate your time on BAMS Radio tonight. Great insight into where the Crimson Tide is going into that 6 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2 against Colorado State. We look forward to touching base with you next week to get your thoughts on the performance and looking ahead to the SEC opener uh, in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee on the 23rd, 2.30 on CBS. Have a great night, my friend. Thank you, Drew. That was William Redfish Barger. I'm your host, Drew Armand, and uh, Thomas Watts is with me. He did our uh, uh, scouting report on Colorado State. Another uh, fast uh, – moving show thomas another great hour of bams radio now in the books absolutely drew it's it's fun i'm glad we had i have to give a shout out to our listeners that came back i pulled up our numbers and we got it we got some good news we're hoping to get even more hoping to keep it going and, and i promise the scouting reports will be better when i feel like the team will challenge <laughs> alabama at all because right I, I have to be honest with you drew i, I think that there's some serious chewings going on in the Alabama football buildings because of some oh, of the defensive not, lapses. Absolutely. I don't I don't doubt that at all. And I, I think that's why I mean I I still think Colorado State's good enough to score in double digits, but I picked Alabama forty to ten because I think they're gonna play with more intensity. I think they'll get after the quarterback. I think they'll force a couple of turnovers either by fumble or INT and I think they're gonna play well on offense. You'll see Tua Tungavailoa uh, continue to see some action in the second half, but Jalen Hurts will continue to be dynamic, and I think Alabama will roll in the game. But we appreciate everybody for listening, uh, for Thomas Watts, for William Redfish Barger. Thank you for joining BAMS Radio. We look forward to speaking with you again next week. And again, as Thomas said, thank you to all the listeners. We know it's going to continue to grow, and we look forward to being with you throughout this journey for Alabama as they look to try to four-peat in the SEC, uh, return to the college football playoff, uh, for a fourth straight year and win uh, that 17th uh, national championship that just so eluded them 
uh, just barely last year, barely missing out uh, on a 15-0 and season. But really looking forward to that. And uh, really, everybody, have a great rest of your week and enjoy the weekend of college football and Roll Tide. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.